Well, good morning. Our scripture this morning comes from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the, sh- the voice of the strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will, all, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is God's word for us this morning. Thanks, Zach. Uh, good morning. My name is John. I'm the pastor here at Wingfoot, and uh, I just want to give a shout out to Zach and uh, and his wife Holly. They've, uh, if you remember, a couple weeks ago they joined membership here at our church, and this Sunday is the first Sunday that they are serving uh, with our church uh, because we believe that the church is more than just what happens on a stage. It's what, ha- it's what happens among the people that are gathered around this mission and gathered around who Jesus is. And so we believe everyone has something to contribute. And so you'll notice he was rocking an orange lanyard, and so his wife Holly there. Uh, that's anytime you see someone with an orange lanyard, they are serving for the first time. So give them a social distance friendly high five. Uh, so as we are uh, walking through this together, we've been walking through the Gospel of John. And it's this personal story of who Jesus is, written by this guy named John. And John knew Jesus really personally. In fact, he knew Jesus so personally that he would call himself the disciple that Jesus loved. So he had a close connection with Jesus, and he's, he's communicating who Jesus is to us because he wants us to put our hope in him. And this morning, in this passage, Jesus talks a lot about who he is and really who he is for us. And he's going to talk about this idea of a voice, uh, that there are voices that we can follow. And he wants us to make sure that we know what his voice sounds like because there's a lot of other voices around us. Uh, I read a statistic this week that said that we are exposed to about 5,000 advertisements a day. 5,000 advertisements a day. So in a 24-hour period, there are 5,000 voices that are showing up and speaking to you, asking you to follow them, 
asking you to believe in what they're saying, asking you to, to buy what they're selling, to participate in what it is that they want you to participate in. 5,000 voices speaking to you. And in this uh, story, Jesus talks a lot about voices. There are several voices that we can listen to, and he wants us to be really careful about which voice we're listening to. Right? And that 5,000 advertisements a day, that's not even counting the political season that we're in. I don't even know what the number is when, when politics are mixed in and when there's an election, that there's even probably more voices that are asking us to listen to them and follow them. And we're kind of having this conversation as a culture right now, as a, as a, a country right now, of who can we trust? Right? That's really what we're uh, weighing as we think about Tuesday, is whose voice do we want to follow? Whose voice do we want uh, to hear? And whose voice do we that you're following in the next couple of years? All right, so Jesus is zeroing in on this idea of which voice that you're following. And he does it using a picture that might be a little unfamiliar to us. He talks about shepherds and sheep. And last time I checked, when I walked through the neighborhood, I don't see too many shepherds in the neighborhood. Uh, maybe you're a shepherd and you know a little bit more about this, but this would have been a super common thing in that day. So when he uses this picture, he's drawing on something that would have been an everyday kind of occurrence. The shepherd would call the sheep out of the town towards a nice uh, grassy spot of land where they could feed. And the way that he did this was not through like leashes. It wasn't through uh, like electric fences. It was through his voice. And he would draw them out by calling them and leading them to where they wanted to go. And, and in fact, throughout the Bible, this idea of a shepherd and a sheep is used a lot. If you're new to the Bible, it might sound weird like shepherd and sheep, but it's actually a really common theme throughout the Bible. If you've ever been in a funeral, you may have heard Psalm 23 read. And Psalm 23 starts with this idea of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it's kind of this common thing that we, we turn to when things feel uncertain is we're looking for a shepherd. And that's really the idea that the Bible wants us to understand as it talks about us being sheep and God being our shepherd is that we need someone to follow. We're looking for a voice, someone to comfort us, someone to guide us through life. And so Jesus is using this theme that's really common in the Bible to teach us something about himself, to introduce us to what his voice sounds like. So in the midst of the 5,000 voices that we hear throughout our day, in the midst of all the voices that are asking us to trust them right now, that we know what the voice of Jesus sounds like. Because you see, it's possible to have a secondhand knowledge of Jesus' voice. And a secondhand knowledge of Jesus' voice through maybe a parent who raised you to go to church. And you, you think about Jesus through them. Or maybe it's through books or podcasts that you listen to, and you have the secondhand knowledge of the voice of Jesus, of what Jesus is all about. And Jesus says, I want you to know my voice personally. I want you to know what I actually sound like, not through anybody else. And so that's the picture that he uses in this passage to help us understand who he is and what he wants, and really where he is leading us. But before we get to his voice, he's going to warn us about two voices that we need to be cautious of. Two voices that we need to be careful of, that if we're not careful, if we're not paying attention, we're going to be drawn away by these voices, and we're going to actually miss his voice. They're going to draw us to something else other than what he wants for us. And so he wants to warn us about those voices. The first voice is the voice of the thief. And this is the first thing that Jesus mentions in this teaching in John chapter 10. He says there's a thief who sneaks in and tries to draw the sheep away by his voice. He says he doesn't go through the proper way, but he sneaks in among the sheep, and he tries to lure them away. And Jesus tells us what the, the thief's agenda is, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy. Right, so he has this, this plan, this agenda to draw you away so that he can take from you, so that he can get something from you. 
He says you need to be wary of the voice of the sheep, or of the thief who wants to just take from you. So who is the thief? Right? You might be wondering, who is the thief that Jesus is referring to? You know, in the immediate context, in the previous chapter, Jesus has healed a man who was born blind. And it's this miraculous thing. This guy's life was changed forever. And the leaders of the people, they, drew, they draw that guy in and they interview him. They interrogate him. And they say, how is it that you can see? And the man bears witness to who Jesus is. He says, Jesus healed me. And they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And they kick him out. And right after that, Jesus then comes and he teaches this. And so in the immediate context, the voice of the thief is really the voice of these leaders who have rejected who Jesus is. But in the bigger context of the Bible, the voice of the thief is really the idea of people who lead people, our leaders, the people that we look to. In fact, Jesus is in this passage, he's actually uh, tapping into an Old Testament story in the book of Ezekiel. Now, I bet if we went around, very few of us have been in the book of Ezekiel in the past, like, ever, right? I think I've read through the book of Ezekiel twice, and every time I was like, what in the world is happening here? Right, so if you are new to the Bible, uh, Ezekiel is confusing. If you are used to the Bible, Ezekiel is confusing. But in this, there's a story that Jesus would have known that he wants us to understand. You see, in Ezekiel chapter 34, God speaks out against the leaders of his people, He speaks out against them, and he says, you are supposed to shepherd people, but instead you've only taken from them. In fact, this is what it says in Ezekiel 34. He says, "Uh, should not shepherds feed the sheep? So this is what you are supposed to do. The leaders are supposed to do this of these people. And instead, it says this, you eat the fat and you clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. You see, this is really who Jesus is talking about here. is leaders who, rather than shepherding people, guiding people, instead just take from them. And this is what Jesus is saying. Be cautious of voices like this. And, you know, our context is a little bit different, right, than the context right then and there, because they didn't get to choose their leaders. And right now we have an opportunity to choose our leaders. Right? That's uh, something that is given to us. It's a stewardship, and I think it's important to vote. I think that's part of our responsibility as people who live in this city to care about the concerns of the people who live here. But I think what Jesus is really maybe cautioning us this morning is to not put so much stock in the voice of leaders that we miss out on what he wants to do. That we put so much trust and so much stock in the voice of whichever leaders it is that you're picking that you miss out on the fact that they're actually maybe drawing you away from what Jesus actually wants. You see, he says, be wary of the thief because the thief sneaks in and he starts to draw you away with concerns somewhere else and, in, and you kind of just wander away. You see, because what he's saying is if you put all of your trust, all of your stock in a leader, they're going to let you down. I mean, they're going to disappoint you, and really they may even take from you. And so I think what Jesus is cautioning us, the voice of all or nothing, is, is this kind of all or nothing voice that you hear right now, that this election is all or nothing. And really the voice that says, uh, if you follow the voice of Jesus, it means you'll follow the voice of this candidate. Or if you follow the, the voice of Jesus, you'll follow this party and what they want. That's really the voice of the thief. That's trying to draw us away from the voice of Jesus and make everything about the voice of the leaders that we're choosing right now. You see, because Jesus says if you do that, they're going to end up uh, just stealing, killing, and destroying. Now, what does that mean? If you stake all of your hope on an election, it's going to steal your joy. 
It's going to steal your joy. Because it's all based on what happens in a couple of days. And the reality is, in four years from now, there's going to be another election that people are like, this is all or nothing. Right? It's going to steal your joy. You're going to constantly be in this space where you're not trusting. Right? It's going to kill your enthusiasm for people. Right? The people around you who maybe have different signs in your yard than you do. It's going to kill your, your love for them. And it's going to maybe even destroy our ability, your reputation to share who Jesus is if there's someone who disagrees with you. Right? This is why we have to be focused on the voice of Jesus and not the voice of the thief, the voice of these leaders who want to draw us away. Jesus says, stick close to my voice. The second voice that he wants us to be aware of is the voice of the hired hand. He says there's a hired hand who comes in and he's taking care of the sheep in place of the shepherd. But he's not the shepherd. And so when things get rough, when things get difficult, the hired hand is going to cut and run. And so Jesus says, be wary of trusting the voice of a hired hand. And so who's the hired hand? This is going to get uncomfortable for me, but I think the hired hand could be a pastor. And I think if you, uh, if you ask around, I think, uh, and maybe even around this space, if we had a conversation about this this morning, I think uh, we could tell stories of how we have been hurt by pastors and religious leaders in our life, right, where people have let us down. In fact, I, I found a, a survey that was done of, of the city of Akron, and the number one reason why people are not in church is because they don't trust pastors, because they've been hurt in the past. And see, this is what Jesus is cautioning us of. It's cautioning us from putting all of our stock in the voice of one person, in the voice of one leader, even someone who's there for the right purposes, even someone who's there because the shepherd put him there, is to be cautious to make sure that, that we are not only hearing from that hired hand, but also making sure that we are hearing from the shepherd. You see, and as a pastor, my, I feel the burden and the responsibility of caring for y'all. But this is why as a church, we've said our motive, one of our motives is to make Jesus central. Is because I don't want you to make my voice central. I want you to know the voice of Jesus, to know what he says and what he wants. And if you know that voice, then as you are listening on Sunday morning, uh, running my voice through his voice. Because the goal of this church is not to make my voice central or the voice of any leader here central. It's to make the voice of Jesus central. And if you're here this morning and you have experienced uh, maybe the hurt of a pastor or maybe the hurt that comes with church, and maybe you, you've decided, I'm not sure that I want to be part of something like that. If that's really what it's all about, what Jesus would, would say is, is, I understand. He'd say, I don't want you to put all of your trust in that person. Don't lump everything that I am about with that one person. Instead, Jesus says, come to me. Listen to me and listen to what I have to say. And so what does the voice of Jesus sound like? If he wants us to be cautious about trusting uh, leaders, if he wants us to be cautious about trusting the hired hands, what does the voice of Jesus sound like? How do I know that I can trust him? Take a look at what Jesus says in verse 10. John 10:10. 10, 10. It says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If you are a Bible underliner, or a Bible memorizer, this is a verse worth hanging on to. This is a vo- verse worth hanging on to because Jesus tells us what his agenda is. He tells us what he wants for us and what he came to do. Right? If you ask people, uh, what's Christianity all about or what was Jesus all about, they might tell you a lot of different things. They may say he was about uh, being good, you know, something about dying, something about uh, performing miracles. But Jesus says this is what he's all about. He says, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. Now, what does that mean? What does abundant life mean? You maybe have heard people say, well, abundant life means lots of stuff, right? Lots of possessions. Maybe it's a boat in the backyard and a cottage that you can go to on the weekend, right? Is that the abundant life? 
Or is the abundant life that I never get sick, that God always heals me? Is that the abundant life? You see, I think if we go back to Ezekiel chapter 34, God's actually told us what the abundant life is. Because in Ezekiel chapter 34, God, after he talks about the shepherds of the people, the leaders, he then says, I will be your shepherd. And when he says this, he is really pointing forward to what Jesus is saying in this passage. He's saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is what Jesus has come to do. In Ezekiel chapter 34, this is what he says. He says, I myself, this is God speaking, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them injustice. See, this is what God wants. This is God's agenda, is to bring abundant life. And this abundant life is where everything that has broken is bound up again, right? where everything that has been hurt is healed, where, where the lost are brought in, where the strayed are, are gathered together. This is the abundant life that Jesus came to give us, a life where everything that is not as it should be is brought back together. And, and you feel that this world isn't as it should be, right? You feel that. I mean, we've felt that the past several months as there's a pandemic raging. It's like, this, this doesn't seem like how it should be. You felt that maybe at the graveside of a loved one. You felt that this isn't how this should be. There has to be something different than this. That's pointing to our need for this abundant life. Our need for a world in which the broken is bound up and the hurt is healed. And that's what Jesus is saying he's come to bring you. He's come to bring you abundant life. And the way that he brings that is through laying down his life for us. You see, this is really how Jesus secures this. I want you to see just how much Jesus knows you're not you in this, how much he cares about you. If you look at it, Jesus, for one, he knows your name. He says a sheep knows your name, or knows the, a shepherd knows the name of his sheep. That's true of you, that Jesus knows your name, right? that you're not just kind of some cosmic accident that then Jesus is like, oh, who are you? What's your name? He knows who you are. He also cares about you. He knows you and he cares about you. Notice he says that when the sheep are being threatened, the shepherd steps in. And Jesus said this is true of him. He knows your cares and your concerns. I want you to think about it this way. If Jesus lived here in our neighborhood, all right, we could have an argument about where in the neighborhood he might live, but let's just imagine he lives on Goodyear Boulevard. This means that if you wanted to go visit Jesus, You walked to his house and you knocked on his door. He wouldn't peer through his ring doorbell to figure out who you are and whether he should let you in. It means that he would open the door to you and he would welcome you by name. He would invite you in and and he would uh, share a meal with you and he would ask you about your concerns because he already knows about them, but he wants to hear about them from you. You see, this is Jesus who cares about you. He feels affection for you. I mean, think about that. In the grand scheme of everything that is in the universe, Jesus cares about you. So much so that he would chase you down and meet you in your hurt and your heartache. And you see, this is what Jesus is ultimately doing, is he's chasing us down. He's finding us in our hurt and our heartache, and he is welcoming us back. You see, when Ezekiel says that sheep have strayed, it's tapping into this theme throughout the Bible that if we are sheep, we have actually wandered away from our shepherd. This is a picture for what sin is, is that sin is us wandering away from our shepherd. In fact, Isaiah would say that all we like sheep have wandered away. That sin is us uh, saying no to the voice of our shepherd and going instead and doing what we want to do. But if you ever have encountered a sheep, a sheep that's all by itself is super vulnerable. 
And that's the reality of us when we wander away from our shepherd. When we wander away from Jesus who cares about us, is that we're vulnerable. And Jesus, this is what he means when he says, I lay down my life for, for my sheep, is that he chases us down and finds us as we have wandered away. And he stands between us and our enemy. Now you might be wondering, what's our enemy? What is this wolf that Jesus talks about? That wolf is the wolf of sin and death. Uh, throughout the Bible, as we're talked about as sheep, the Bible talks about sin and, and death as kind of this uh, great enemy to us. And if you've ever felt the consequences of your decisions, right? if you've ever stood at a graveside, you felt the weight of sin and death, and you felt just how overwhelming it could be. But Jesus, as our good shepherd, he chases us down into the place where we have wandered away, and he stands between us and our greatest enemy. And this is what he's doing for us on the cross. When he says, I lay down my life for my sheep, that is what he's doing. Is he is taking on our greatest enemy and defeating it for us. You see, this is how much Jesus cares about you. That he would give his very life so that you could be safe and secure. So you could know his love. You see, Romans would put it this way. It says, God demonstrates his love for us. He shows us what his love looks like. That while we were still sinners, while we had wandered away, while we had chosen our own way, Christ died for us. That is him chasing us down and welcoming us back into his fold, into his flock. You see, and this is what Jesus does. And when we are with him, he brings us that abundant life. And so to be a Christian is really to be under the protection of Jesus to be under the protection of Jesus, that if you're not a Christian, the Bible would say that you are a, a vulnerable sheep wandering away. But to become a Christian is to accept Jesus' protection of you, to accept his work on your behalf, and to follow the voice of this good shepherd into this abundant life. That's what it means to be a Christian. And that's what Jesus' agenda is, is to bring you abundant life. See, Jesus is the good shepherd that we need, and he's a good shepherd that we can trust and he's proven it to us by giving his life for us. And so the question for us is really, do you know his voice? Right? Do you know his voice? What does his voice sound like? It sounds like this message of abundant life, of sacrificial love, right? of him giving his life for you. Do you know his voice? See, one of the ways that we know his voice is through reading his word. And this is why as a church we're committed to reading this book. Right? Because this is the book that, that we know his voice in. As we read his teachings, I told you, this is like John telling us who Jesus is in his own words. Like he knew Jesus, he loved Jesus, and he's communicating who Jesus is to us. This is how we know who Jesus is. This is how we know what his voice sounds like. So as we know this book, as we read this book, as we talk about this book, we are getting to know the voice of our good shepherd. And then this book, this voice, becomes our standard for who we follow. Our standard for, for how we live and where we go and other voices that might speak into our life, we, we compare it to the voice of our good shepherd. And we say, is this the voice that Jesus wants me to follow? You see, the reality is, is if you look at Jesus later on as he talks about this idea of being a good shepherd, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold and I must bring them also that they must listen to my voice so there will be one flock and one shepherd. What Jesus is saying is, is he wants his church to be united around his voice, around his one voice. And he's saying this probably to a group of ethnic Jews. And they were all from the same group, the same family, the same 
place, and Jesus is saying, I want to bring other people in too. That the Gentiles, the people who are different than you, I want to bring them into my fold as well. That, that Jesus' goal and his dream for his church, for his flock, is a place where people are united around his voice. A place where other people from other people groups are welcomed in and, and surrounded by and following his voice. You see, which means that Jesus doesn't have a democratic flock and a republican flock. Right? That we are united by his voice. And that his voice calls us out of those, even when it's difficult of the world, into his vision for abundant life. And to follow him, even when it's difficult and it breaks the categories of our world. And he wants to draw us into abundant life. It means that his vision for his church is more than just one ethnic group. That he wants to bring people from differing backgrounds and ethnicities together, united by his voice. Which means that if you are a Christian, right, people from other backgrounds who are also a Christian, we have more in common. We should have more in common with them than people who are in your preferred political party. Because his voice is the voice that we're called to follow. And his, vo- his dream for our church, his, his vision for the abundant life is many people coming together united by his one voice following him into abundant life where everything that is broken is bound up and everything that is hurt is healed because of his love for us. See, the reality is Psalm 23, that famous psalm that we read in difficult circumstances when things get hard, Psalm 23 is really about Jesus and what he does for us, that, that he is our shepherd. And if he is our shepherd, we shall not want. That he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us into abundant life, and it's abundant life that we don't have to work for. It's abundant life that he wins for us. He starts to renew us and bind us up. And he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though death is close to me, and I think we're all feeling that death is close to us right now, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because you are with me. You see, our good shepherd didn't just walk through the valley of shadow of death, he walked through death. And so he can lead us through whatever it is that faces us, because he wants to lead us into abundant life. Abundant life of knowing who he is and experiencing him renewing all that is broken and hurt in our world. This is your good shepherd. He wants to draw you in and lead you into abundant life. But do you know his voice? My preference is that we would be a place where you can hear the voice of Jesus, not just through me, but through the other people that are part of this community. That we would know the voice of Jesus, that the voice of Jesus spills out of us, and that people around us would hear about our good shepherd. They might discover abundant life in him. Let me pray for us. God, you did not leave us wandering. We had strayed away, that we had walked away, and, and you sought us out. That in our sin and our brokenness and our hurt, that you chased us down. Because you're a good shepherd and you care about us. God, we're not an accident. We are not uh, insignificant in this world, but you know us, you care about us, and you love us to the point that you give your life for us. And so, Father, for the one who is here who, uh, who does not know you, they are not under your protection, I pray that they would see just how good of an offer you're making them. That you are offering them this uh, abundant life where everything is, is bound up and healed. That you might draw them by the sound of your voice to experience how good you are to them. 
And Father, may we be committed to your voice, dedicated to your voice, seeking after your voice, measuring everything around us by your voice so that the voices that are around us that are calling us to follow, follow other places that we would say no to them because your voice is so strong in our life. And may we experience and know the abundant life that you have for us, the abundant life where you are binding things up, you're healing us, and you're inviting us to, to invite other people into that as well. And so, Father, as we gather here this morning, would we know how good you are and how good you've been to us in Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.